in my 30s, I have the confidence now to just, I enjoy doing what I do. And if I spend more time alone and doing the things I like to do by myself or with you or with small, close group of friends, that's fine. I think in their 20s, and that's a lot of times when people are starting relationships, having the confidence to know what you like to do and be okay with that and then just find your tribe of people that is aligned or that inspires you to keep doing what you enjoy. What's up? My name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive in Life podcast. I have my wife, Erin Finley, here with me today. We just hit five years of marriage back in June, and today we wanted to jump on the podcast and talk a little bit about the struggles of marriage, because I feel like we've talked a little bit through our relationship on here prior, but we haven't really dug deep into like what were the trying times and the things that we were working on throughout the process of not only being married, but before we even made that commitment to each other. And yeah, so I'd love to first welcome you here to the show today and then kick it off. Maybe a question or something you want to go into just to get going. Yeah, I think, well, this is a, a heavy question, but I guess one of the topics I think that we should cover on today's conversation is how to navigate a successful relationship when your lifestyles are similar, but also very different. Um, we've chosen two very different career paths with you being an entrepreneur and me having more of the stable path. And I think that it works well for us now that we've uh, navigated it together and had a lot of tough conversations and worked through things ourselves. But um, I guess my my question to you would be, looking back, would you have done anything different uh, in our relationship prior to marriage? What do you mean by different? I guess what I mean is like, well, my mind keeps going back to your path of quitting your job and everything. Um, would you have maybe jumped on the kind of self-development train sooner or how, I feel like you've just had so much personal growth in the last even five years that I feel you've morphed into kind of a different person than you were when we reconnected. And we've both done that. We've evolved and I think we should, but I guess, are you, is there anything that you would do differently? Or are you proud of every, every transformation? I'll call it. It's a good question. I'll backtrack a little bit for people that might not know our relationship prior to I jumping into entrepreneurship. So for me, 
I feel like I was on the self-development journey prior to reaching back out to you. I feel like part of my self-development journey was having the confidence to even send a message to you and say, hey, I want to come visit. And that, when I look back, like that took a lot more out of me than I, than I give credit to. Like not, I guess because I've now had eight years to reflect on that, I hang around people and they second guess themselves a lot and the courage and the confidence they're looking to build it. And I just look back and I'm like, why did I, sh why did I send that message to you? Like, yeah, why I did I get in the car and drive 12 hours to ask you out? So the only difference that I think I would, the only thing different I would do is I probably would have invested in a coach or a mentor like if I go back to, to help like, our relationship, you mean? No, 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 no. For myself, like I've gotten so much out of like men's group recently over the past, like I'd say two years. I, I wish I had done that in like 2015 when we were first getting together because we did have some hiccups along the way. And I was, I didn't really have any friends in Houston when I was first there. So I was just shooting from the hip. So my advice would be to my 25 year old self, like, invest money into somebody that's already where you're at in terms of being a man. I was investing the money in terms of like getting the certifications for personal training and spending the money to go to a startup hub and all those things. But I didn't really start to invest money in my relationship with myself, therefore my relationship with you until I was over 30. So, or so, near, yeah. nearing 30. Something that I've heard you tell other people and you've said it a lot in telling our story is that you had to become the man that you wanted your future wife to be attracted to. At what point did you have that realization that you weren't that man and that like you needed to make a drastic change and like what was that first change for you? The first change is literally just asking who do I want to be with what type of person and you mentioned lifestyle when I reflected on what I wanted to be doing during my free time because I knew that I would need to be working and my significant other would be working too but during free time what do I value and one of the reasons that I looked up to you so much is partying and like celebrating was never a part of your lifestyle your lifestyle was always driven to perform in all areas of life. Like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, even in the little stuff, like the little things you do throughout the house. And when I thought about who I wanted to be around, I know my weaknesses. I know what I'm weak at. I wanted somebody that complimented that. So what really kicked it off was Instagram and social media, being able to see that there was people out there that clearly were pushing the needle in certain areas of life. And for you, you started posting your fitness stuff and that was the first attraction for me. It was like, oh, you're an engineer, you have a full-time job and you do the fitness, the style of fitness that I do as well. Like you invest a lot of time and energy into that because you love it. It's not to look good. It's mm -hmm. not to brag. It's not to like we don't put up our mile times and we don't put up our workouts because we're like, oh, look at us. I didn't want that type of person. I wanted somebody that I knew for 50 years would do it 
regardless. And then I knew that that would be you because of your dad. So you kind of just look down the line of who I want to be with. And then you reflect as a man, like, okay, if that's the type of person I want to be with, well, what's she doing on a Friday night? What's she doing on a Saturday and Sunday? So I started mimicking that and it worked. And I just became that person that on a Friday night, I wasn't, I still was like drinking a little bit, but you noticed the difference when I came visit you, visited you, like that wasn't the goal. The mm-hmm. goal wasn't to get drunk. Mm-hmm. The goal was to have fun and dance and, and live. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the, the, by, the, the, the cherry was I could have a few drinks and, and be okay. Obviously I don't do that. I don't even do that anymore because I don't need it. It's not a value add. It's a value. You're right. I, I never really was into drinking or partying, I'll say. Um, in college, I didn't really go towards that lifestyle. And I always thought that it made me kind of like not fit in. And I think what I realized down the line is that maybe I was just. Good. You don't want to yeah, fit in. That's maybe. the thing. Like I wanted to be with people that didn't want to fit in. That To answer your like. I was like now, now in my thirties, I could care less. Like I have the confidence now to just, I enjoy doing what I do. And if I spend more time alone and, and doing the things I like to do by myself or with you or with, you know, a small close group of friends, that's fine. I think in their twenties, and that's a lot of times when people are starting relationships, having the confidence to know what you like to do and be okay with that. And then just find your tribe of people that, um, is aligned or that inspires you to keep doing what you enjoy. Yeah. I mean, for you, it's, you left the only environment you knew, which was the East coast. And then it didn't matter about fitting in anymore. You could just recreate yourself. Now I want to flip this on you because when I visited you, like I was very still rough around the edges. I was in the beginning of my self development journey. So a lot of the ways that I was showing up still kind of caused conflict with you. So I'd love for you to kind of run through some of the things that were conflicting for you in the beginning of our relationship. Because I think a lot of people out there, especially the way that I post about you is like, oh, it's just all been peaches and cream since we were 10 years old. But the reality is we have a strong bond because every day is almost like iron sharpening iron. And when, when you have two people that are go-getters, you're not always going to have the same opinion on things. Yeah. When I look at that question from like a 50 foot lens, I think the biggest is the biggest friction was that our personalities are so different. And in the grand scheme of things, that's what attracts us to each other. Because like you said, we balance each other out in terms of I provide what you need in some ways when you think about your weaknesses and vice versa. But I think that even if you're attracted to someone who's very different from you, it doesn't mean it's not going to come with its own set of problems. In fact, it's probably going to have more problems at face value than if you were to be with somebody who's very similar to you. And so I think what you have to ask yourself is, you know, if you're contemplating spending the rest of your life with someone who's either very similar to you or very different from you, are you willing to make the sacrifices to make that work? Because I think both scenarios, I don't, I'm not going to say there's one right way to, to make that decision, but both scenarios come with their own 
downsides. Um, with us being so different personality-wise, and for anyone listening that doesn't know us personally, you, I think, just listening to who you are on, on the show, um, are a very outgoing, outspoken person. You're not afraid of uh, any judgment. You say what you feel. You leave your heart on the line. You give your heart to so many people. Um, but you're also very direct. Um, that can come off in certain ways that not people may not be used to or may not be received in the way that you intend. Uh, and I'm way more soft-spoken, deliberate. Um, <laughs> I take my time when I before I speak in, in certain things. I'm not like you in that I, I don't always speak my mind freely. Um, I'm working on that. Um, but I have a lot of thoughts. And that's in, behind closed doors. We like to talk. And um, I'm also, I would just say, maybe more introverted. Um, but we do balance each other out. And I think you inspire me and I inspire you in many ways. Um, but because of the way that I am used to, I don't want to say treating other people, but the way I go about interacting with people is a little different from how you do. I think that causes friction and or did for us where I was just expecting you to behave like I did. And when you have expectations, that's so when you, you have give, disappointment. So you gotta give the, the crowd a So uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. It's it's tough to think of a very specific example, but I'll try to put one together where this is just kind of general, where you know we could be out with a fairly new set of friends and you're the type of person where sometimes, no offense, but like I, I feel like I have to like cringe up sometimes based on what you say and how you like you've done much better lately. But early on in our relationship, I think you were missing like you don't have a filter and I think you were missing a, a lens of like, all right, I don't want to call it EQ either because you have that. But just this, like, all right, who am I talking to? I don't want to overwhelm this person by being, like, so passionate. And, you know, like, maybe they're, they're sharing something about them. And you just go all in and, like, kind of make them feel like, whoa, all right, this guy's really intense. Intense is a good word for you. Um, so, and that's, that's an amazing trait that you have. And I'm not downplaying it or criticizing it at all. But for me, like, that was something I had to get used to. And I think I, for a while, I, like, wanted you to change to be more like me and, like, just, you know, and I, I, there's no right way. But I think that not recognizing who you are, appreciating it, telling you ways to, like, subtly improve and, and still be who you are, but in so, a way that's, like... So this is the funny part. It's the intensity is what even got the relationship in the first place. Intense is saying, I'm going to drive 12 hours and I'm going to ask you out. So the thing that I think in the beginning that was friction is because of the way that you show up and see the world, I live in a way that I'm so intense that those, it either attracts or repels. And that's why, let's see, I'm so. 2017 is when I quit. So that's six years, six years in the full-time entrepreneurship. I can say I have a tribe because they appreciate the intensity. Now, sure. do some people think I'm over the top or I'm too much, or maybe I've been an asshole to them? Sure. 
my intentions are always, I just want to help and I want people to live their fullest life. I'm not going to change myself to make you feel better. Now, where I've done better in my relationship is I only have so much intensity to give. The older I get, the more I realize that. So I have to point the intensity in the right areas. Yeah. Because what would happen is I'd be, let's say we're out and about just like you were talking about. I'd be intense in that moment. And then I'd be in another moment throughout the day where I wanted to pull that intensity out of myself. And instead of like the good side of intensity, it'd be the bad side, the argumentative, mm. the, the frustrated, the annoyed. So really it's just I've tapped into where should my intensity go and flow and also who's going to receive it because I learned all the, over the years like if I am intense and the person doesn't receive it well, well, it's lose-lose. Like I just wasted my energy on somebody that's not going to receive it well, so they're not going to take it. And then now I don't have the energy for an instance where the person could receive it well. So really, that's that's what happened. But in the beginning of a relationship, like I think the other thing that I would convey to you is, I'm a mid twenties male trying to make it for himself. Like intensity is what's going to get me to the next level. Yeah, at some extent. And I think that to just zone in more on our specific relationship, the intensity showed up when it was just us behind closed doors too. Where sometimes you would be so intense with the way you would talk to me that it comes off to me like you're like bossing me to be a certain way or do something. And I didn't like the way, the tone of how you would talk. And we're still working on that. You've done much better. But early on, I had to really, we had to work on this where it comes from a good place where I think your tone is is very coach-like. And I didn't want to be coached by you. I did not want to be coached. I was like, please turn off coach mode. I'm... Your girlfriend, then fiance, then wife. And even still as your wife, uh, sometimes coach mode is on. But you've done better. And I think I've also had to recognize that, like ask myself sometimes in the moments where I'm like, I hate the way he's talking. I have to think like, but what is he, what is his intention? Do I really think that he's trying to, you know, be mean or something? Usually the answer is no. Like, that's not your intention. Your intention is to, like, bring out a better part of me or something. Multiple times in our relationship, I was like, Aaron needs to go to boot camp. So um, just to get used to that, that mode of somebody. Growing up, the coaches that talked to me in that tone, I knew cared. The people that were like, oh, yeah, good job, like... <laughs> they didn't give a shit and like I didn't get any better. So it's really just in me to be like that when I care. Now it goes back to like the whole give receive. Like if you're not receiving it, I think where we've done a better job is one, you've become more coachable. I think you trust me more when it comes to the things that I do know. I think five years ago I was very knowledgeable, but I didn't have experience. I didn't have proof. So you kind of were like 50-50 on like even when I would try to coach, there was conflict. But today, I have a a portfolio of work. I have a portfolio of a network. I have a portfolio of mentees of proof that I haven't just been bullshitting the past 
six years. Like things have been moving. So when I do try to coach you, it's like a win-win because I'm now coming. I'm trying at- to think of an example of you coaching me because it's not always like in a self-development type of I mean, the, t- the TikTok video. It could be like. That, way, that I just showed you Descript. Like that's coaching. Sure. But I mean more so in like the moments of like that don't have to do with an output of some sort. Like. I know one. You're getting a raise for your job. I mean, I guess that's an output. Yeah, that, um, those are all outputs. But there, there have been moments where your, your tone your, is standing just up for yourself. Or, I think I've coached you on even okay. If we're talking my intensity, what would frustrate me is I would be an intense in an environment, and then we'd get in the car. Yeah. And instead of being like, "That was a great time," you immediately would be like, "Why'd you say that?" Or "Why'd you do this?" Where in my head, that moment had gone. Like, I'm not living in the past. I'm right here. So the coachable moment is like, why are you living in the past? That's if that example. person had a yeah. problem, they could say it to my face. And mm-hmm. if they can't say it to my face, that shows more about them than it does about me. Because if I had a problem, I would just approach them and tell them to their face or have a phone call or FaceTime them. So I live in the present. And a lot of people tend to live in the past or be living in the clouds for the future. I've... I've done really well over my life to just like be present in the moment. And if somebody has a problem, like that's it. I don't want to be up in my head of like, I said this thing. What if that person thinks this or thinks that? Like, I don't have energy for that. I have so much shit on my plate that I think that was another coachable moment. I was like, your life, you should be filled with so much stuff that matters that that little shit doesn't matter. That what that person thinks just doesn't matter because you have so much of a bucket of, good and things that fulfill you in each moment that you don't even think like that. So those are coachable moments. I think like specifically in the car, I think I coach <laughs> you a lot. Like we have a lot of time when we're driving, um, where I'm coaching a lot and I want to make it, I want to like you coach me as well. So it's not, it's a, it's not a, it's just a different vibe. Like it's yin and yang. Um, yeah, and I think something to convey here is that it wasn't overnight that like two things we didn't look at these situations where we would get into arguments and stuff as being like the be all end all that we shouldn't be in a relationship. We were like, okay, this is something we can work on. And I think it took both of us not taking fault, but like taking ownership of, okay, what do I need to do to improve? And what do you need to do to improve and gradually working on that? And I think over time it's improved. It wasn't like an overnight thing, but now, you know, we're five years married. We've been together since 2015. So it's been a process of working through things that, you know, we're still not perfect in every way and we never will be, but having open conversations about like, Hey, when you did that, like it, I didn't like it. That brings up a, a great point. You also learn over the years, like, when to have that conversation. Right. I feel like in the beginning you were very jumpy. So you felt something and you're going to jump on me as you soon reactive. as it, like, yeah. Like if like that, the great example is we're out to dinner and then immediately when we get in the car, I'm like feeling great. I'm like, we just had a great dinner I think- and you jump on me. Hold up. Let me finish this. And then I shut down. So if I have a problem, I don't even know how to communicate it for like three days. So it's like the complete opposite when we were first dating where it's like you're jumpy and then I hold things in. So, and then I would blow up and it just wouldn't even be 
about the same thing anymore. And I think a lot of, I mean, men and women are programmed in different ways. I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. But the difference I think between us is the word commitment. Like from the, from day one of dating, we looked at each other and we said, we're going to give this everything it's got. And I don't think people don't take the plunge that that's a, I feel like that's a great slogan for like how you should go into relationships. Go all in. We even, if, even if you don't end up marrying that person, go all the fuck in. Know everything about that person. Want to know everything about that person and just like give your heart and, and everything that you have. Don't give up once the rock, because there's going to be bumps. No, go harder. Yeah. And I think like once it got a little tough, we, t- we go harder. We're just like, okay, how do we... How do we invest in this? How do we do better at this? How do we become better teammates? And that takes selflessness. Like we're very selfish with our time and with our individual goals and things like this. But from day one, I think of our relationship, we've been committed to, we're going all in and there's no looking back. It's only forwards. Yeah. There was a point though when we were engaged and I I remember being like, oh my gosh, this needs to get better if we're going to get married. And I think it was a combination of just both of us having like stress and not, not really working on a really, we were so focused on our individual goals at that time. For you, it was, let's be, let's be realistic here. I wasn't making enough money and Aaron was in school. So she wasn't making any money that caused a a huge conflict point of tension um, and that was a decision that we both so, agreed to. So but, let's go, let's go through like, why, why did that create tension with, from your viewpoint? And then I'll say my viewpoint. Hmm. Why did it create tension? I think for me, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that we were both in like student mode. It was more so that it wasn't clear what you were doing. I had, I, I was like, what is he doing? I remember being at our counter in Austin in this crap apartment that had no lighting and I'm sitting there trying to study for an exam that I have the next day and you are out on this like yacht thing in the middle of Lake Travis and it was a work thing. And I remember seeing stories of that and being like, cool, you're working. And I just, I was like so heated up inside. And that, that is just a microcosm. There was a many times where I was like, you're working right now? Like, what are you, what, what? And that was the tension for me. Cause I couldn't see the long-term vision. We didn't talk enough about the long-term vision of what you were doing. I, I see now how, you're building how these did, relationships. Back then, how did you view work though? What did work look like in Aaron's world? Work looked like what I knew work was, which is have a job. <laughs> yeah, do what you're told. Show no, up to this desk. Uh, no, have not do salary what you're told. and benefits. Not do what you're told, but have an explainable career. Okay? Fit in the box, so that Aaron. This is this is the thing. This is the other other thing with relationships. You felt uncomfortable in environments where people would ask what your husband did, and you couldn't answer. Not just that. It's not just that. That might be one small area of the discomfort, but there's a lot of discomfort in the reality of what we were facing, which was I was in school for two years. I put my career on hold for this 
So For something you wanted. For something I wanted, but we agreed to. And guess who moved here knowing zero people yeah. and agreed to say, you know what? Let's press pause and go to this place. Yep. And I could say, but, <laughs> and I could rebuttal you right now because it um, ended up being a better city for you anyway. Yeah, I'm just bantering back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would say that was it. It was this very lack of clarity, huge lack of clarity on what you were actually doing. And you know, it improved, (laughs) I think little by little, but it caused lots of stress that we didn't know how to. But what was I doing when you look back now? And then I'll give you my side. I mean, looking back now, and we've had this conversation many times about the struggle and it was like. I say I call it a struggle, but those years were probably like highlights of our lives too. Like we had a blast those years that when we first moved to Austin and I was in school and we were like meeting people constantly, building a community here. What you were doing was building a community and you wouldn't have the circumstances or situation you're in now if it weren't for that time that you invested and and poured into people with no expectation. And for me, I think I was, I kind of view, you asked how I view work, well, kind of view it as like a transaction in some ways where you you have an output and then you receive compensation for that, right? And you were just doing a ton of meetings and not really, there. Was, to me, I couldn't see what the objective was of a lot of it. Um, and you were doing a lot of free work and... I mean, in hindsight, I think that that was the best thing you could have done uh, because you did build a portfolio, you did build a network, you built a community, many communities, uh, you established a name for yourself as an entrepreneur here. So in hindsight, I think it was great. In the moment, it was rocky at times. How do you think I felt during that time? Scared but also excited. I think you probably felt a mix of emotions of like, is what I'm doing going to work? But this is great. That never crossed my mind. What do you think my biggest fear was? Probably, I mean, I don't know exactly what it was, but knowing you, it was probably something along the lines of like not giving it a chance, like going back to getting a job. My biggest fear was you wouldn't give me a chance and I would lose you because if you didn't give me a chance, that's what I wouldn't have dealt with that. I would deal with a lot of different things in our relationship, but if you didn't believe in me or you didn't give me a shot, I couldn't continue with our relationship. For me, it was more of a mental shift that I had to make, which was like, why, I don't know, and this is still a question that we talk about a lot, but society doesn't bat an eye when someone says, oh, I'm, I'm going to stop working for two years to go get my MBA. And you're probably taking out a loan for that in most cases, and you're probably not having a salary because a lot of people, I mean, you can do it part-time in these executive programs, but to go back full-time, that's two years of your life where... Opportunity costs. Yeah. All right, we don't and, have to, we don't and, have to get down... But no, but for me, like I had trouble accepting that you were taking those same two years in a, in a similar way. But in reality, you were. And I was getting paid for it. Yeah. So this is something that I had to communicate to Aaron. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll be super candid. We took out 75 grand in loans for her to go to school. We took out zero dollars for me to build my network and build a community. And I was keeping my I was paying my own bills through the personal training that I was doing. 
the the real reason that we struggled was I didn't do a good job of communicating and and including you in what I was doing. That was the problem. It wasn't the money. It wasn't right. You didn't know how to identify my title or things like that. The real issue was I wouldn't say, hey, I'm going to these four meetings. Here's what I'm thinking. Go into these four meetings. Here's what I'm working towards right now. Here's where, like, start, stop, keep. Here, like, let's let's have a conversation of what should I start doing that's a cool idea that could help us. What should I keep doing that I've been doing that's working? And what should I stop doing? I just didn't include you in the process. We also weren't married yet, so I was still un- unsure of, like, what marriage was and, and how to show up as a husband rather than, I mean, I was a alpha single male in my mind. Like I'm going to go hunt. Like that's where I was. I'm going to hunt for myself and the byproduct is it's going to pay off for both of us. But the reality is I can hunt better if I bring you into the conversation and understand where we're trying to go and why we're trying to go there and what we're trying to do as a team. Because what I started realizing was everything I was doing, if I did it and it put us, it put me in an environment that you didn't want to be in, then what's the point anyway? Like I'm marrying this woman. So just to give people some tips out there, like, I mean, everyone's heard it. Communication is key, but it looked, that's what it looks like. It looks like you're significant another, like, if they're really about you, they're going to support you no matter what you do, but you got to bring them in. You got to involve them in what that is because it makes them feel a part of a team. And if you don't feel like you're a part of a team, that's what I meant. Like my biggest fear was that you weren't going to be my teammate. And I think that's what held me back from telling you a little bit. Cause I would tell you something. My fear was I'd tell you something and be like, that's stupid because you just didn't get it at the time. And the other piece of advice is like I was doing, I would never say that's stupid, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, but it's a fear. Everyone has that fear, right? The person you love the most putting you down. Um, I was just doing what had been done by people before me that had the successful path. So I read all these books. I talk to these mentors. I listen to podcasts. I was literally just doing what they, what they said. They literally said, meet as many, it's who, not how, like meet as many people as you can in the industries do valuable work for free to build your portfolio and then opportunities are going to start open. It's like very cut and dry. And that's exactly what I did. I would meet people and I would say, I can do this for you. Like all I need is a testimonial or all I need is another connection and just building that. But the, to your point of the two years, like the funny part was you looked at your college career, like, man, I went there for four years and like, what, what really fulfilled me in those four years, right? So like, it was the same thing for me. It was like, we spend these four years and money. What's the difference between me taking four years to build my career? And I'm not even losing money. I'm not taking out loans. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to communicate that. I didn't know how to say like, okay, these next four years, it's not gonna, we don't know how it looks. We're just gonna be adapting on the fly, but let's look at it like it's college again. Let's look at it like this is the college experience we really actually wanted. So I'm going to flip it on you. How much of the, the stress and the issue was like expecting we should be at a certain stage by a certain age? 
did that cross your mind at all? Not really, because I already felt like from a timing perspective, I, I felt like we were engaged early. Like I wasn't worried about timelines. I did feel a little bit of resentment at times when I felt like I established a, a career for myself, then was going back to school to level up my career again, and I still didn't really know what you were doing to contribute. And now that's it's clear, and we're, I'd say, we're in a much better place of understanding each other's individual goals and our goals together. But that was what it was for me. It was like this resentment of like, you and, seem like you're just having all this fun, and, and here I am working so hard to build like a stable she, path. The skills sets are just different. Like, I make heavy lump sums of money from like strategic thinking. Aaron, I, I've called you worker bee your whole life. Like you just, you operate on a different, we're not the same. You operate on a different level. When I say lump sums, like a good example is I would have to explain to her because we would talk about resentment and how certain things we did, we didn't like. I would say, I literally helped you get a $30,000 raise. What I mean by that is Aaron was going to go in to a job and ask for a certain percentage. And I said, no, you're not. I'm going to walk you through how to get 25% more, 50% more. And you did that and it worked. So what I would have to communicate is like, we're a team. I'm helping you in ways that if I wasn't here, that would not have happened. These are skills that I've learned because of the things I'm studying and the people I'm around. And then if we leveled up even more, it's like our house. The number one thing that we've ever made money off of is real estate. And I found my realtor because I helped Matt Delgado help get his chiropractic and, and, and up on the ground. And he connected me to Ian and I had a conversation with him at Cherrywood Coffee House and we picked him as a realtor because we valued him as a human being, not even as a realtor. He is a husband, has two little girls. Like That's the person I want to give my money to. So I learned these values and these principles, but I didn't know how to communicate how to show them to you early on in our relationship. And when we would have conversations though, this is, this is a perfect example of coaching and how like Aaron's very coachable. If I were to communicate it in a tone like I just did now and not aggressive, Aaron would be like, okay, I see your point. And then we would have growth on that. But if I would come to you and like be in coach mode, it wouldn't hit and then and, we would just get into an and argument. just to kind of go back to when you asked me what I defined as work, now I can see that those examples that you just stated is like work because if it weren't, if I was just doing my job and head down, blinders on, maybe we wouldn't have had those opportunities. But you having the network that you built and having the eyes open, having so, the ability to have the eyes open I'm, for opportunities has helped us in ways that wouldn't. I've never have thought happened. to ask you this. Our relationship takes work, takes work, right? Right. Your relationship with the people you love takes work. Correct? Yeah. Do you know how many relationships that I invest in? Isn't that the hardest work that there is? The Excel sheet's not the hard work. The hard work is today when I was out on my run, I sat there and I thought, okay, I'm running. Who can I send five videos to? That is hard. Yeah. Like caring about people, giving, and I'm not putting, let me make, make it clear, I'm not putting my work over your work. I'm saying it looks different. 
mm-hmm. because you could, like, man, financial analysis right. is very hard. No, you're but right. But it's like, I, but that- I understand that your work is hard. So when you come home yeah. over the course of our relationship, I understood how hard you work and how hard that work is. But I don't think you've always understood how how much energy it really takes from me and the payoff of what that energy could be. Yeah, and I think we've started to see the payoff of your energy into people in the last couple of years, and that was something I couldn't see in the beginning. And now if you, I think that has bought trust and has helped me be a better supporter of you. A hundred percent. And let me give Aaron so much credit for this because the way that support looks like is literally last night. Like when we, like I had a men's group, I had a meeting, I had a phone call, a meeting, a men's group workout. And then I had to stop by Sphere Austin. Uh, They were running an event and I wanted to meet some of the, some of the players you went out of your way to meet me park so I could park my car and leave it at Squatch and then we could go out to eat and then you accompanied me to the Sphere event. Is that necessarily the thing that Aaron specifically wants to do on a Friday night? Probably not. But you knew that it meant something to me to be in that supportive role and I'd love to like wrap and somewhere I think, around here because yeah, that comes full circle. Yeah, and I'll wrap circle. that because for me, I think what's helped me find fulfillment in it is choosing that as the fun thing that I want to do and like not having another idea of something else to do. But I think the best decision for time spent is how can I be supportive of you with our son so that it's time spent together, but it's also moving your stuff forward and the things that you have to do so that you're not sacrificing. I think that to me, like I've just shifted my mindset around what choice, what choice is the right choice or the optimal choice for me. And I end up having more fun as a result. Mm. There's some wide wise words right there. I think a lot of people struggle with that because there are so many options like you mentioned the word, like what's the right option? But if you really think about it, it's just who do I want to spend time with is more important than where we actually are spending time. Yep. And that's been a learning lesson over the years of our relationship as well as, I mean, today is a great example. We spent probably two hours in Whole Foods because we're trading off of who gets to go for a run. But the grocery store is like meh in general. It's like, you want to go to the grocery store? Meh. But like with our family and with each other, it's always been no matter where we're at, and this I go- value it. And this goes back to our relationship too. Like I knew I knew that our relationship was special when like you made going to the grocery store fun. Like we always just make the best of wherever we have to be. And I don't care if I'm sitting in the Whole Foods for two hours. <laughs> like I'm sitting there and, and then you're there for half the time and I feel like we're spending time together. We're not... You're not somewhere and I'm not some like I don't have as much fun sometimes if we're both doing completely opposite things. So it's all about how you last do question. It. We're five years in. What do you hope to get out of the next five years? Out of the next five years, I hope to 
get continued growth in ourselves and in our relationship. I know that we will because we're working on it every day in different ways. And what I think growth looks like next for us is probably a new destination for us to plant ourselves in. Um, Austin has been amazing and we love it here. And I think that we're just both eager for adventure. And I think, you know, maybe five, 10 years, we're going to be somewhere else. If the way that I look at it is if we're not somewhere else, then we're not growing. Like we didn't do our job. So the, the goal, I think on my end, kind of like what you said, it's already in the bank. Like we already do the work, so it's in the bank. I think what I want out of the next five years is to push the limits of what we think is possible. I think I like we've that. played safe How a little bit. How are you pushing bit. the limits? Your 100 mile run? <laughs> I think having Aiden has already showed me kind of how much I held back a little bit, like throttling my energy a little bit because he's here and it puts a new constraint on. I, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't got time to waste on menial stuff, which then opens my mind to, okay, well, what, what would really move the needle and what would really tell a good story like to myself? And that 50K to 50 miler to 100 miler is when I think about the 85-year-old me and he's looking down on me right now and saying, here's some things that you definitely want to have a story around. And I really think it starts with, I want to do it because one day I want to do it with Aiden and our future kids is things like that. Um, I think another thing that, when I think of like pushing the, the throttle is it's not necessarily like work driven. It's like, I have this truck, let's rent a camper and like do something new where we like go camp. Like Aaron and I have never camped together. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Right. Like if I were to be, if I were to be like, we're no, going to do we'd this. Figure it out. Yeah. And how much fun would that actually be? Like really fun. So mm -hmm. I want to get creative with ways that we can really push our limits of what it means to, to live. And this brand means so much to me. It's my other baby where how do I represent thriving on life when I think of now that we have a, a growing family, it doesn't always mean like growing my bank account. It means growing the adventure like you said like we want to have adventures so we'll end there if you listen to this episode and there was anything that you specifically took away from it please connect with Aaron and I shoot us a DM on Instagram we'd love to hear from you if you know somebody that could potentially benefit from some of the stories we shared here today please share it with them that's really what I want out of this episode is to just help the world and help people thrive. The easiest way to do that is take this link and just shoot them a text message. You are thinking about it right now. So just take that little extra action and do it. And then last but not least, if you can give us that five-star rating or review, I'd really appreciate it because then we get more people to hear this, share it, and thrive on life. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all.
What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.